Welcome to the Casual Catholic Psych Podcast. I'm Anne, a college student with a love for psychology, healing, and healthy living. This space is inspired by the late-night casual conversations between friends and the unplanned discussions of what we're struggling with, what we're hoping for, and how we're striving for holiness. I hope that these quick conversations are a source of inspiration and peace for you. Welcome back, guys. I thought today that we would talk a little bit about wounds. Nice and light, fun topic. Um, But no, I think in reality it is actually a really hard topic. But the hope is that we don't actually just stay at the topic of wounds, but we move on to the topic of healing and the fact that there's actually hope in that. And yeah, that we don't actually just stay in the hard stuff. But also you might be wondering, like, why even talk about this at all? Because it is kind of, I don't know, it's not the most pleasant topic. But I think one thing about it that is, is like, really interesting to me is that um, even without, like, the added element of, like, theology and growing closer to God and healing spiritually and all of that, like, we all just want to heal in a psychological way because it gives us the opportunity to live, like, a better quality of life and just be happier um so I think that's like one element of it but also I do think that like spiritual healing and healing in our relationship with God is so important too because our lives are really made up of those like two different components and we can't just like heal one and expect to live a really perfectly healed life I also think that like wounds and healing are kind of kind of like the middle ground or one of those topics where theology and psychology really meet and like they're both kind of in search of that um theology of like searching for that healing that only God can give and like obviously the ultimate healing of being in heaven but then psychology also is like searching for that healing that healing of um like proper brain function I guess you would call it and living like a well-ordered life so I think in that we kind of want to take a look at wounds and what they have to do with like both of those topics together so i think in this discussion obviously the first place that we kind of really need to start is in just defining what a wound is because obviously that's a term that's used in like medical language for like a physical wound but there's also like those psychological wounds that that refers to as well Um, And I think a really good definition can be found in a book by a Franciscan professor of psychology, Dr. Bruninger. Um, He just released a book called Finding Freedom in Christ, where he talks about wounds and healing and just how that all looks in kind of like a psychological and theological light. Um, And he talks about wounds as being, quote, traced back to the real or perceived thwarting of a good for which we were created. End quote. So basically what he's saying is that wounds are kind of this thing that happens where where there's a place where we aren't loved how we needed to be or how we should have been or even just a place where we like perceive that we weren't loved even if the reality of the situation is different our brain can still perceive that as a wound even if we just perceived it as that. Um, and there's like the obvious things you think of of like trauma and neglect and things like that but there's also the kind of like smaller things 
um, that could be even, like, as a kid, maybe your parents weren't as attuned to your needs as you needed them to be. Like, they provided for, like, safety and food and all of those things, but maybe they weren't, like, attuned to, like, your desires and your likes and dislikes. Um, even that can create, like, these wounds. Another um, distinction that there is in wounds is, like, this term, which is secondary wounds. Um, and Dr. Bruninger also talks about this, um, this term that he has. And these secondary wounds are basically ways that we kind of continue to hurt ourselves by acting in ways that are influenced by those, like, primary wounds that we have. Um, so it's kind of like if we have this wound, then we're going to act in a certain way to try to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Or, like, just try to protect ourselves from a certain situation or, like, feeling of threat. Um, and the problem with these is that most of the time they're not really, like, based on reality. They're kind of acting on, like, a perceived threat and influenced by past hurt. So it's, like, you're acting in response to something in the past and it's not an actual, like, present reality or threat. And so because it's not based on reality, oftentimes these things can end up hurting us even more even while we're just trying to protect ourselves. Um, and also these secondary wounds can kind of come into play with sins and like habitual sins and things we find hard to break off because they can sometimes be these like defense mechanisms we're using or like things that are stemming out of wounds from earlier in our lives. And then I think one of the last terms to kind of break down is the concept of false beliefs and false beliefs are something that kind of comes along with wounds and in a way it's kind of the drive behind the secondary wounds and like self-protection mechanisms um and these beliefs are a lot of times kind of unconscious and they're just kind of ingrained in our ways of thinking because of the things that have happened to us um so an example of a false belief could be like i always have to provide for myself or something like i can't trust anyone else to really care for me so with these thoughts in our minds, we're always going to act in a way that we're kind of protecting ourselves from these things from happening. Um, and the problem with this comes when we actually end up like perpetuating lies because of how much we're trying to protect ourselves from them. So like if someone, for example, believes that they're always going to have to provide for themselves and that no one else can support them or be trusted to support them, they're going to be like frantically trying to meet all of their needs all the time. Um, so much so that, like, even if someone offers to help or provide for them in a very reasonable way, maybe this person is just going to deny them and deny their help because they don't think that, like, truly they would help them. Um, so that person is inevitably going to not provide for them because they were kind of pushed away. And so through that, that lie of I just always have to provide for myself, that just keeps getting strengthened and strengthened in their brain. Um, and that just kind of perpetuates that wound and might even end up bringing up new, new thoughts about, like, how trustworthy the people are in their life. So that's a lot of, like, kind of psychological terms and definitions and everything. Um, but, like, where does that, yeah, where does that fit into our lives? Um, because it's interesting to know, but, like, how does that affect us and what can we do with that? Um, so I think the first thing is just that we want to be aware. In psychology, a lot of times this term, like, mindfulness 
Um, and basically it's just like the concept of being aware of the thoughts and feelings and reactions we're having and not like numbing ourselves to them or like avoiding them, but just like being aware that they're there, not, not necessarily like terming them as being good or bad or doing anything with them, just being, yeah, aware and mindful that they're there. Um, and like if we're aware of them and we know that they're there, we can deal with them better. Maybe not at that point, but we know that they're there and that we need to do something about it. And then kind of with that in mind, I think we need to not run from community. I think that in everyone, there's kind of like a push to isolate or get away from community that kind of competes with that push of every human to want friends and want community and those kind of, yeah, they kind of compete together. And I think a lot of times that push to isolate is driven by our wounds and by ways that we're afraid that the people around us are just going to aggravate those more. Um, and a lot of times, yeah, it's that like you want to run from community when you feel that something's like making you uncomfortable or you feel threatened by it. Um, an example of that I think would be like a person, maybe like they feel sad, something happens and they feel sad and immediately they just feel that push to like get away from like the person they're with or get away from community and maybe a lot of healing could come in that if they just stay in that situation and they kind of push through those uncomfortable feelings and that can help combat the lie that like yeah maybe they're maybe they're believing this lie of like if I truly open up about how I'm feeling or I let them see that like I'm this hurt or whatever that they're going to think less of me or that they'll leave me or something and so yeah I think you just like there's a need to stay in community because yeah people every person has a different perspective and those perspectives and all of that like bouncing our ideas off everyone else can bring new perspectives to us it can also help us to like combat these false beliefs we have if someone's like well obviously this isn't true or obviously I don't see you that way we might not know that if we're like taking ourselves away from people and isolating so I think there is a lot of healing in just like pushing through those uncomfortable experiences to stay in community and stay with people obviously within reason um yeah and just letting letting healing come through community and being present with people third and lastly and honestly most importantly I think is really that we just have to bring all of this to God because he's the only one who can really heal us because he's still the instrument of healing behind mindfulness and like combating these false beliefs and all the other things we could practice so if he's like if he's still the healer behind that we also do just need to come directly to him for like more spiritual healing and I think the most important thing is just like coming to him in all of our woundedness and bringing all these false beliefs and wounds and self-protection strategy strategies and just putting it all before him and asking for his healing but also asking just for the grace of freedom because I think like we all know that there are some things that are never going to be like completely healed in us in this lifetime but there like there's nothing that he's going to give us that he won't give us freedom in and like freedom to be able to follow him no matter what is there you know there's plenty of canonized saints who struggled with mental health pr 
problems or an addiction for most of their life or all of their life and weren't healed. And I think the reason that they're now saints, though, is that they kept bringing those things to God and they kept asking for the freedom in them, even if those struggles or those, like, areas of woundedness were going to still be there, they kept asking for the freedom to still follow God and to be able to just do what he was calling them to do. Because I think that's really, that's really the point and, like, the highest goal in all of this in, like, seeking healing and, like, to know and be aware of our woundedness is just that we want to have the greatest freedom possible in order to do what God asks of us and to be able to follow him and pursue him, even with all the struggles that we have. So that's about all I've got. It's definitely, it's definitely a hard topic and a very slow process as we try to heal and live in a more whole way and be more aware and be mindful. It definitely just, it moves very slowly. Um, but I think a lot of learning how to live in freedom is just accepting the fact that joy and suffering are always going to be intermingled with each other and like present like that in our lives. I've seen a lot of people struggle because they're just trying to like really put like good positive things and then like suffering or harder things like put those in two separate boxes and try to like only feel those like negative emotions when they want to allow it or yeah just like separating separating the joy and the suffering in their life and that honestly only leads to more suffering because it's this constant battle and I don't think that like I'm not trying to say that we need to just like accept that in defeat or in like a depressive way but more that we just accept that that is the reality of life that joy and sorrow are just intermingled like that and that we don't constantly fight against it or fight to just have this like constant positivity in an unhealthy way in our lives. I think we really just need to accept that there will be some sorrow, but that God will bring freedom in that. I hope you guys found this episode helpful and were able to take at least something from it. Um, I will link Dr. Brininger's book in the show notes if you want to buy it, if you're interested in reading more about wounds and other things in this topic. Um, And I will also link a few other books that have good resources also for just this like constant process of spiritual and psychological healing and how those kind of intertwine in our lives. Have a good week guys.